Hello. That's how my more like my relatives greet me when I walk in the room and they all have to try and hide their distaste. <laughs> That's a dark way to start. I'm so sorry. Hi everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to Wet Hot American Legends. Legends. This voice belongs to Allison. And this voice belongs to Kayla. And we are thrilled to be back for yet another episode. Yeah, it's been like a month since we recorded anything where we just shotgunned a bunch of episodes right before Halloween and then November happened and we all just kind of turned the other way and wished that November didn't exist. Although, all of our episodes did come out about a week ago from when we're recording this because it took forever to edit like a bunch of them. Right, yeah. And so it will have been only two weeks for you, our gentle, lovely friends. Yeah, so time doesn't actually exist for you in the same way that it does for us. Does it exist for anyone? It's a construct, by the way, time is. Oh, oh, do I have to, do I have to tell this story now? What story? Are we about to get into it? Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, th- I'll keep it brief. So there was um, a man who attempted to court me. <laughs> this is back is in college. Is this who I'm thinking of? Yeah, it okay, probably cool. is. Um, maybe. I don't know. It was March of, I think, three years ago. And I got a f- message from this dude who was like, hi, I saw you walking down the street in front of our college. Do you want to be Facebook friends? And me, an idiot. Oh, was- this is who I'm thinking of, but yeah. a different one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, I have a lot of misadventures with like weird dudes who like spot me in public and are like, do you want a bone? And I'm like, do- probably not. But-, <laughs> <laughs> but this guy specifically was like, listen, I'm going to be at a video game convention that you're also going to be at. Do you want to come like talk to me at this video game convention i was like oh yeah sure it was pax east if any of you know pax east which is like a tour de force of bo and long lines Woo! pax east yeah (laughs) there's like four people in cosplay and they're the only reason i go (laughs) but this specific time i went down and i made two of my friends go with me and like watch from afar while i went and talked to this guy like in case he was a serial killer exactly like we were in the middle of a convention so if he had killed me there that would have been like really poor planning on his part but, but nonetheless but nonetheless um so don't I risk like, it for the biscuit I went up to him and was like hi nice to meet you in person I guess and he was like listen he was at a booth where they were selling ocarinas which are like the little flute instruments the Zelda from thing Zelda yeah you know the one the one of time um <laughs> <laughs> so he whipped one out and was like let me play you a little ditty And he started playing me like the Pokemon theme song on his ocarina and finished. And I was like, oh, wow. Yay. Clap, clap. That was so wonderful. I've been working on a medley of all 25 (laughs) different Pokemon theme songs. Flareon is the only fully evolved Pokemon that cannot learn solar beam. The the only fully evolved fire Pokemon that cannot (laughs) learn solar beam. Let's not forget that. (laughs) But yeah, so then I was like, oh, well, that was great. And he immediately launched into a different song. And I was like, oh, shit. So I just stood there at the table and watched him for probably 10 minutes as he continued to play me different songs. God, you are so much nicer than I am. <laughs> I was so much. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I I think it was most like, like social anxiety was locking me in place. And if I had left, I would have felt bad. But he ultimately turned out to be like a pretty lame dude. I stopped talking Shocker. to him. Whoa, yeah. what? Well, he like messaged me later that night with some like dubious content and I immediately blocked him forever, except that I didn't block him because then a couple months later on Facebook, he posted this wonderful 
actual status that was like four paragraphs long and it was just going off about people who say things about how time is a social construct and he's like i'd like to see you make lunch plans without time dumbass i'd like to see you try to go to starbucks at 2 p.m when there's no such thing as 2 p.m in your world and i'm like please calm down so he went off about like this the fact that time is a social construct and how mad he was that people point that out essentially the things that make people angry never cease to amaze oh i know it's like every day someone gets set off by one stupid thing and then they inevitably turn to like one woman who's standing near them (laughs) and they'll be like you look like you want to listen to me (laughs) and every time it's like i don't i really would rather not a little bit (laughs) but anyway that's not the topic of this podcast the topic of this podcast is cryptids and urban legends and ghosts and like ufos and shit and curses and magic but not really and folklore and maybe magic and also hotties hotties thotties if you will yeah i got one for us today a thotty with a body oh yeah dude this one nice this one's super good i think i went second last time yeah yeah you go first this time i'm very excited what are you gonna be telling me about this week okay so this week i am going to be talking about the beast of bray road Ooh, sorry i was a little delayed on the spooky there i had to (laughs) sip my wine very no that's okay yeah oh uh let me just oh here we go please slurp Mm. anyway (laughs) let's get into it so Near the small town of Elkhorn, Wisconsin, is a rural road called, you guessed it, Bray Bray Road. Road. (laughs) It's a quiet, sleepy road where very little happens, except Except. (laughs) starting in 1936 or 1949, because there were different sources who said different things, (laughs) a strange creature was spotted and reported to police as something that was standing upright on two legs two of them two legs <laughs> but it <laughs> no, no never mind i was gonna make a seven vaganias joke <laughs> <laughs> make the joke make the joke <laughs> two legs and seven vaganias doesn't make sense where are they <laughs> where are That's they what makes this a monster it's just a person with seven vaginas <laughs> That's the beast. They're all over. (laughs) I guess that's... Anyway. (laughs) That's not what they saw. That's not what they saw. They saw something else. It was a creature, and it was stalking the night, and presumably only had one set of genitalia, but who am I to say? Who's to say, really? I haven't seen it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway, so... That being said, in terms of the timeline, there were sort of local legends before those two years I already cited about settlers who vanished in the middle of the night when they were first sort of setting up shop in this area. And it wasn't uncommon at this point for wolves to be spotted in the area because they were still um, living in this part of Wisconsin. However, there was sort of local legend that there were wolves that were too big. Too big? Too big in these woods. Oh, I'll tell you how big. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. This is 
all going off this the rails is, so fast. This is getting already. We are encroaching into like slightly furry territory, and it's making me like nervous. I'm sorry. I like I went into this and fucking saw the horny pedal and slammed my foot down <laughs> on it. <laughs> anyway, I just. Uh, I'll get into it. <laughs> We're going to get into how you're horny for the Beast of Bray Road. I really am. Anyway. He's your Mothman. He really is my <laughs> Mothman. But so sightings of this creature continued on and off for the rest of the century until the 1990s hit. Ayo. A wonderful time when you and I were born and also this monster was wreaking havoc in Wisconsin. So contemporary. Same. <laughs> We were doing so in Utah. This this I was not in Utah yet. Oh right, you were in Pennsylvania. I was in Philly. Yeah, you were (laughs) I was an infant in the great city of Philadelphia. Nice. Wreaking havoc there. You might be the only person who's ever said that about Philadelphia. I am. And I don't actually feel that way about Philadelphia. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, does anybody? I'm sure some people from Philadelphia. Oh, have, I'm like, sure a- Philadelphia is lovely. I hear they have a great food scene, actually. They've got the cheesesteak. Which is lovely. That is good. But I, I hear just steak. in general, their food's real good. Oh, I've never been. The, I, only, the only place in Pennsylvania I've been is when we went to Hershey for like 10 minutes that one time yeah. and didn't go to the theme park. I haven't been to Pennsylvania since I was a toddler, so don't take my word for any Pennsylvania-related facts because I don't know. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I just love to talk out of my ass, you know? That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I'm currently holding the mic up to my butt, so. <laughs> <laughs> And why would I stop talking now? So, <laughs> so anyway, these sightings continued into the 1990s when there was a massive uptick in the number of sightings that were reported to police and sort of generally spoken about in the town of Elkhorn. Um, People also reportedly saw this creature in other parts of Wisconsin, so not just around Bray Road. It seemed to either be moving or potentially that there were multiple of this sort of thing. Critcher. Critcher, yeah, in northern Illinois, and one person even reported thinking that they saw it in on Vancouver Island in Canada. Ooh, going yeah. up to going up north. Yeah, so like maybe took like a little business trip over there, hanging out in the Great White North. Yeah, I mean it was already in like the pretty Great White North, but it went to the Greater White North. Yeah, Vancouver's so nice. I really want to go back to Vancouver. I've literally never been. It's really great. Yeah, we should go to Vancouver at some point. Hell yeah. Um, but go to Victoria. T- me too. Um, but anyway. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, travel plans are already made. So one of the things that tied together all of these reports is that they were s- described in a really stunningly similar way. And so this caught the attention. I'm of... sorry. I thought you were going to say stunningly sexual. <laughs> like we're, we're on that horny train already. And so I was like, <laughs> let me. Yeah, sorry. Toot, toot. Here comes the horny train. <laughs> I was going to be like, this is the episode I'm going to show my mom. No, it's not. (laughs) Anyway, so because so many people had these sort of eerily similar descriptions of the creature, it caught the attention of a local newspaper, the Walworth County Weekly. And so they assigned a reporter named Linda Godfrey to cover the story. I love her already. Anyone named Linda. Oh, and Linda's this this Linda is the baddest bitch alive. Linda's are supreme. She is fully bonkers and yonkers and for a second I was going to be like she's still alive but that's not surprising because this happened in the 90s yes (laughs) um she's on twitter I forget what her handle is but yeah she's out she's out here tweeting about the stuff but so Linda a young reporter this was like sort of a, a big case that caught her interest 
She has gone on to write a book about the whole experience called The Beast of Bray Road, um, Tailing the Wisconsin Werewolf. Yes. And she's gone on to write other books, including one called I Know What I Saw, which is sort of her going around and collecting people's story of seeing other similar monsters around the United States and other sort of cryptid figures. I bought it a couple weeks ago and then forgot about it. And then I started researching for this episode and I was like, I know her. Hey. <laughs> so that was exciting for me. She was also on the incredibly bonkers and yonkers episode of Lost Tapes that I'm going to tell you about later. That like, Oh, hell yes. Oh my God. It brought me so much joy. So initially when Linda started to investigate, she was very skeptical about this whole report because there's no way that this sort of creature actually existed. They were probably just seeing something else, right? Right? Wrong. Wrong. (laughs) But as she started to interview more and more witnesses, she began to realize that there had to be some kind of truth to their statements because every single person described it in a very similar way. So witnesses described the beast as being large, Mm. about seven feet tall, Mm. and weighing between 400 to 700 pounds. Mm, Wait, how did they know how much it weighed? Because they all described it as being ridiculously muscular. Just so thick. (laughs) Just like the (laughs) thickest wolf you've ever seen in your life. People describe this thing as like having the like a bodybuilder style, like human muscle mass. But all... (laughs) So the beast is ripped, (laughs) like beyond belief. That's why it's 400 solid pounds of just like steel muscle. (laughs) Of beast meat? Of (laughs) beast beef? Of beast beef. (laughs) Yes. This thing is like pure, organic, homegrown, grass-fed. Farm-raised. Beast. Beast beef. Beast beef. That's almost a tongue twister. I'm not going to say that too many more. I'm going to say it a lot, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So in addition to being incredibly thick, this creature Mm. is also described as having brown or gray fur. However, they have noted in multiple reports that its chest is bare and humanoid, which is to say, titties out. (laughs) He waxes his chest. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like wolf-like or bear-like head is how it's described and then we sort of follow down what little neck it has into sort of hairy shoulders and then just like a gleaming bare human chest chris (laughs) evans chest yeah just chris just like like photoshop copy pasted (laughs) onto a typical sort of werewolf representation but just like Mm. i imagine it's like in brooklyn 99 where terry cruz can do the thing where he like makes his pecs jump or whatever i assume that this creature just walks up to you like making its pecs jump back and forth and it's like i'm gonna get you (laughs) go ahead (laughs) exactly it also has very intensely glowing red eyes kind of like our boy the mothman yeah so like, I love that. And like, I wasn't going to mention this, but one person was like, I think it was the Mothman. Oh. One of the theories that's like one dude who was like banging his head against a keyboard essentially accidentally <laughs> typed, I thought it was Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, what a wild crossover episode. Maybe they're cousins. Maybe they're just a hot family. Yeah. They all have like slightly different weird characteristics. So they're just like a bunch of hotties who are either like part moth or like part wolf slash bear slash dog or they're all just and i hate to say this furries 
Wait, who's like a moth furry? I'm sure they exist. Is I that mean, like an insect fur? Like a what there, would that even be called? That's not fur. Furries? Someone weigh in. Someone on the internet, yeah, tell us. I, are there <laughs> insect furries? Yeah. Is that a thing? And what would they be called? Because I know, and this is a thing that I know, and I wish I didn't, but I know that the reptile furries are sometimes called scalies. <laughs> oh, so, like, God. what would a bug furry be called? Uh, I mean, some bugs a leggy. Because <laughs> they got all those legs. Shake my le- my, all eight of my leggies out. <laughs> eight legs. Seven, seven vaganias. There we did. We there slipped it, it in. There, there we go. <laughs> all seven of them. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Horny Week. That's apparently what it is this week. <laughs> We're also referencing the video Ariel Needs Legs. If y'all are like, what the fuck are they saying? Yeah, so just type that into your YouTube please, search yeah, bar. Please look that up if you have a chance. Anyway, I was going to read you a witness's description of the beast. Okay, I'm ready. If this is like a regular sort of normie who's describing it, so it's going to be a lot less... Grain of salt. Um, yeah, exactly. This is, this is not a person with taste. <clears throat> it was a warm summer night, and I was having a sleepover with one of my friends. That's fun. We had all the lights off, and we were playing hide-and-seek in the dark. I went back into our sunroom and saw something crouched over illuminated through the bush and the orange street light i'm not sure how to describe its body posture you know when you're about to throw up and you hunch over on your knees and palms it was similar to that its breaths were so deep and heavy that you could see its chest heaving from that distance it's incredibly beefy chest <laughs> it sounds like he had a really rough night <laughs> <laughs> oh it it goes on it gets rougher from there unfortunately oh, baby. we had a 140 pound akita who stood six feet on his hind legs. I could easily tell that whatever this was a dwarfed my Akita. I also know that it wasn't any type of dog or wolf. Its hind legs were thick and muscular like a man's. So I mm. guess it is a little hornier than I was into that. <laughs> but its body tapered at the abdomen and head like a wolf or canine. So he's like slim, slim thick. Mm. Um, I called out to my friend who came over and just said, what the fuck is that to me? Trying not to make too much noise. Oh, sorry. So it was probably like, what the fuck is that? Mm. We, <laughs> we sat there as it was hunched for a good 30 minutes. My dad came out to see what the hell we were up to so late. We asked what it was and he just said, I don't know. He then went outside as we stayed in, scared. Scared. <laughs> we were scared. He had one of those old megalites that had the power of 1,000 candles. 1,000? 1,000 candles in the wind and took it with him. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that one. That was good. Thank you. That was good. Thank you. Um, it was just, yeah. He stood in the driveway and shined it onto whatever we were watching. It looked back to, back at us, and I honestly don't remember its eye color, which makes me think maybe it didn't have red eyes and it wasn't Mothman, but, like, you know, do you? Can we name him Lil Sebastian? He's, like, Big Sebastian. <laughs> but he's 10,000 candles in the wind. <laughs> he's, like, beefy Sebastian. Beefy Sebastian. <laughs> the Beast of Bray Road, a.k.a. Beefy Sebastian. Bye, bye, Beefy Sebastian. <laughs> There's like a little bit left of this description, but it's not nearly as good as Baby Sebastian. What I do remember is that when it took off into the brush, it took off upright like a sprinter on two legs. 
Count them. My dad heard it splash through the creek and hightailed it in. It was one of those fucked up moments you don't really talk about because people would think you were crazy. When I heard about the Beast of Bray Road so many years later, I immediately knew that I had seen it too. How old was this person? It sounds like this person's like 11 years old. They didn't specify. This was on... Oh, I forgot to cite my sources. Sorry, I just got hit with a case of dumbass disease as usual. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me quickly cite my sources. Uh, Wikipedia, number one. Thought catalog, number two. Maps.roadtrippers.com, USA, Wisconsin, attractions and cultures. Legendsofamerica.com, cryptid wiki, and lost tapes nice but so this was on the thought catalog article which was like 14 facts about the beast of bray road and so it included two anonymous stories about sightings that people had like written up and they didn't share any details about who they were or how old they were but yeah i would assume this person was either like a child or a teenager based on the way that they're talking about playing hide and seek it yeah, sounds like they're maybe like 10 or 11. Yeah. Can you imagine you're just like having a sleepover and you look out your window and there's just a werewolf crouching like outside in a bush next to your window? Okay. I remember one time it was one of the first times my parents had left me home alone, I think. And it was me and my brother and our neighbor. And the three of us were like over at our house while like both sets of parents went out to like have a double date night or something. And I think my neighbor and I were like 10. My brother was like eight. And we had convinced ourselves fully that there was like a monster outside the house because we kept seeing taillights going down the street okay, outside my house. But we thought they were like two pairs of glowing red eyes in the dark. You thought Mothman was just like taking a little walk around? I mean, maybe it was. Oh, maybe that, it was that's like, like the, the beginning of your YA romance is that like Mothman walked by your house a lot when he like you know how he can't run. Yeah. So he was <laughs> he was walking by your house and he was like. Yeah. And I was like in that way he does. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I remember us being so scared though when my parents got home they were like what the fuck and we just like worked ourselves up about it because it was the first time we had been left by ourselves too yeah that's what kids love to do and the three of us just like it was taillights going down the road but we were like they, I think we thought it was like a possessed monkey I don't know how we got there <laughs> I don't know how we got there but I remember being like no there's like an evil monkey that's possessed that's outside we keep seeing his red eyes oh my god <laughs> scary <laughs> i mean monkeys are known oh to be God. the most terrifying I'm, animal on I'm earth so fucking scared of monkeys monkeys apes all of that i cannot so deal like with. we've cannot. been watching uh the new his dark materials tv show oh my god this monkey is so scary marissa coulter's monkey demon oh is like God. nightmare fuel i like i love her i mean she's evil but like i love her oh, she's really hot she's so she's hot evil ruth wilson well done yeah but <laughs> um but the monkey demon is like literally scares the shit out of me oh my god when the monkey demon is like beating up lyra's demon pan, pan oh my god that was so scary oh yeah we're gonna start a second podcast to talk about all of our feelings about his dark material i have too many i have too many feelings about <laughs> this i was so it. into it as a kid and now i'm like back on my bullshit as an adult and yeah. it feels just all is right with the world it's super yeah oh my gosh anyway cast phoebe waller bridge in season two it's what she deserves yeah. <laughs> also like back on your monkey horror evening mm -hmm. i'm just imagining you know those like symbol monkeys the ones that like you wind them up and they bang oh, symbols yeah? together i'm just imagining that but like with red eyes like driving in circles around your no street. i i think it was legitimately like marissa coulter's monkey is what we thought was out there waiting for us oh my god like i maybe i considering i was maybe like 10 
that might have been Maybe where it originated. Maybe that was the influence. Like, yeah. Oh, but my God. Like, that was the fear. Yeah. Oh, boy. Anyway, anyway, speaking of this person who saw a whole werewolf outside their house, that was like my dream when I was a teen. What? But as a child, though. Oh, as a child, absolutely not. But as a teen, <laughs> oh my God, I was so deep in the werewolf lore. Like this story, here's like a small thing about me. So I've loved the Beast of Bray Road for a while mm-hmm. and it inspired me to write like a YA book about is this like, the like selena the origin yeah this is selena? this is og selena yeah this wow. is the main character of my other manuscript but yeah so i was like watching or i had read about this and then i was watching gossip girl and also i was really into mean girls and i was like okay here's the thing what if i had a very hot popular girl who also was the beast of bray road <laughs> i'm obsessed with your teenage mind you I, were so ahead of your time oh my gosh i was thinking you were you had gone beyond thinking yeah it was like it was also the first thing I ever wrote where there was like uh the the antagonist was like a girl who was deeply in love with like the female main character and I like explicitly put it on the page that it was like the reason she does bad things is because she's too gay and horny (laughs) (laughs) and I was like well I obviously don't know what that's like because I'm straight (laughs) it was oh my god it was wild but yeah so that book was a real experience anyway so back to the back to the beast back to uh beefy sebastian so linda who's also deeply in love with beefy sebastian cool good for her decided to we should get drinks with linda (laughs) oh my gosh yes i she i was like stalking her twitter and she just seems like the chillest lady who's just like out here obsessed with like werewolves and cryptids and stuff you'd have to be um she wrote a book called like i forget exactly what it's called so i'm gonna butcher the title but it's like monsters in america or something like that nice um i think she probably has um uh similar tastes i would say um, you can say she's a monster I fucker. I think she's a monster fucker. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> In conclusion. But so she wrote the book that I mentioned earlier, The Beast of Bray Road, Tailing Wisconsin's Werewolf. And she fully believes that this creature is in fact a werewolf and not uh, anything else. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Any okay. of the other explanations. And so she has admitted that while she has never actually seen the beast in person, she fully believes that it exists. After doing all of these interviews, she's like positive that there's no way that this many people could have corroborating evidence for something that didn't exist, essentially. That's fair. And because she just like talked to so many people about it that she was like, this many people don't make up something like that. Mm-hmm. Until we get into the explanations. Number right, one me. being that this was all just mass hysteria. There had apparently been, like, a local band or something that came out with a song describing a monster. I don't know. I found this, like, in one source, so I don't really know how true this is. But everybody was, like, everyone was way too into this song about a monster, and so they all just had a mass hallucination about there being a werewolf on Bray Road. This seems shaky at best. Yep. I... (laughs) In terms of, ex- like, Mass Hysteria, not- okay, okay, I'm following along. There's one song that everyone in this <laughs> one town got into, and that song led them all to hallucinate the same werewolf on one road. It's like if everyone mm. was like, wow, sales of apple juice really shot up in 2019. This is because of Lizzo. Lizzo <laughs> did this. But also, like, in one specific town. Like, exactly. wow. Yeah. Everybody in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, really likes apple juice this year. And we, Lizzo. We know why. 
on their black radio stations that they have <laughs> that we listened to during that one road trip we went on. We listened to a lot of Jackson Hole, Wyoming radio at one point. They have all right radio stations out there. Yeah, no, they weren't bad. There was a lot of like sort of alt rock, which is fun. A lot of alt rock, a lot of like country. Yeah. So in addition to the big group hallucination tied to this one song, people also think that it could just be a very large feral dog. Nice. Good. Yeah. He was very buff, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. My third bullet point is costumed teen prankster who is also very buff. That seems likely. Like plausible. Yeah. People were saying that they thought that maybe there was just like, they tied this back to the song again where like maybe that gave some teen an, an idea and hatched a plan and like went and bought a werewolf mask and just like stood out on Bray Road and like, I don't know, people. danced around and did werewolfy business. No, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, just like hanging out with a mask on or something, which I'm like, yeah, I that makes a fair amount of sense. But also the size that they're describing this thing being like seven feet tall and being as... He got his platforms on. That's a good point. <laughs> there is such a thing as a seven foot tall man, although I have not personally met one, which is incredibly disappointing. <laughs> they're rare. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I wish I was seven feet tall. I said that in the last episode. Like, my perfect world is where I am exactly the same, but I'm seven feet tall. I, okay, (laughs) when I was in, like, part of my obsession with Taylor Swift that's ongoing and has been a facet of my personality since I was, like, what, 11, was the fact that she is six feet tall. She's six feet tall? She's six feet tall. Like, just... Just normally, yeah. Are you serious? Completely. Am I forced to stand? (laughs) That's my thing. And so I was like, oh, I want to make it to six feet tall because that's what Taylor Swift is. So it's achievable. Like seven feet. I was like, that's going to be hard for me. But six feet. This this ballpark. Taylor Swift is six feet tall. My dad's six feet tall. Me at 11. I was like, I might be short now, but maybe someday I will be six feet tall like Taylor Swift. I did not. I did not make it to six feet tall. I'm about... um, five and a half inches shy of that (laughs) (laughs) with the right shoes though anything is with the right shoes I mean that's why I think I wear heels a lot is it gets me closer (laughs) yeah no I mostly wear heels when I'm working so that I can like look down at all of the children I have to wrangle (laughs) I remember having a conversation with like my best friend who was also very deep in the Tay lore (laughs) (laughs) and we had like a conversation about how we could get to be as tall as Taylor Swift because I was like well maybe maybe there's a chance that one day and she was like no both of my parents are short I will never be six feet tall but she was like I could stand in high heels on a tree stump and be as tall as taylor swift and i was like that's fair that's fair you just have to like find a sentient tree stump that'll like walk around Mm -hmm. and let you wear like a long dress or something well i think we hadn't discovered platform heels yet (laughs) well yeah i mean that's what makes the most sense but i do like the idea of just someone standing on a haunted tree stump that just kind of walks everywhere and you like see a lady like hovers you around like a hoverboard (laughs) what what i'm imagining is it's walking you around with its roots so you like see a lady with like a long dress and then just like reaching out from under the dress or like little root tendrils scooting her along that's much more you (laughs) yeah You know how my brain works. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to the beast, back to Beefy Sebastian. Other people thought that it was Bigfoot. Mm. Where they were mm. like, maybe, maybe mm. this is just a very aggressive version of Bigfoot. And I'm like, but so many people mention how it looks more like a dog or like Was a he wolf. aggressive though too? That's the other thing is people never know. So no, no one ever reported there being 
any sort of attack by this thing. They never saw it. It didn't have like a bloody mouth like a Wendigo or something. It just seemed like it was chilling. I mean, some like one sort of situation I read about, it, it was like eating a deer, but it's allowed to do that. You know, like you can, you can eat a deer if you want to. Especially as a wolf. Yeah, if you're a wolf, like you're invited to eat deer. They needed our permission to do that. That sounded like a pointed political opinion. They they needed our permission to do that, so I'm glad we could give them permission to do that. At all wolves, please continue eating deer. You're doing amazing. And elk, too. And elk. Yeah, that's fine. Enjoy those. Yeah, I mean, I really like elk. I used to really like elk and then I stopped eating red meat but would make another exception for elk again even yeah. if it gave me the meat sweats real bad. Oh my god. I had to explain the meat sweats to my parents <laughs> while I was home because they were like what do we want to do for Christmas dinner and I was like sorry I like throw my little wrench into everything but I was like listen if y'all want to do some like red meat I will suck it up and eat red meat for Christmas because I'm not going to be the one who spoils it for everyone else and they were like cool cool we're going to do beef and I was like cool oh. I'm going to sweat like a hog. <laughs> But I will do it. <laughs> like the ghost of the cow has possessed you. <laughs> I get so sweaty when I eat red meat. It is <laughs> like dripping sweat. <laughs> Occasionally when I'm just like wicked depressed and I'm going to school, I'll get dinner at McDonald's. And occasionally I like hold back and I get the 10 piece chicken McNuggies. Nice. But sometimes when it's just like ev- the world is falling down around me, I'm like, maybe I need 20 to 40 nuggets. Mm -hmm. and I just sit there at the table and get sweatier and sweatier and then I show up at class like reeking of like animal waste for some reason (laughs) as if I have crawled out of like a farm gutter and everyone is like what happened to you and I'm like I had a McNugget crisis (laughs) just like beefy Sebastian has probably had but no he's just maybe this is just really extreme meat sweats (laughs) yeah maybe that's why he was hunched over he was like too sweaty can't go on went too too hog wild on that deer and couldn't stop sweating and that's why he sat there for 30 minutes while these sleepover kids (laughs) watched him like (laughs) oh my god (laughs) he's just like super super drunk after the like werewolf office party and he's trying to get it together Yeah, we're coming up on like Christmas party season, so that's going to be exciting. Oh, thrilling. Yeah. We're coming up on cats. That's we have a whole other podcast to talk about. We have a whole other podcast, but okay, last thing before I I like hate to keep interrupting you, but did you hear that our friend Charlie Nash got a invite to the press screening oh my for cats? God, yeah, I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> Does he know how privileged he is? Literally, I think both Sophia and I were like, "Can you bring a plus one? <laughs> can you bring a plus? Like, can you bring a plus five so that a all bunch of us, us can go?" I'm so like honestly thinking about it. The cats from Cats, cryptids. Oh my god, they've kind of got the well, their chests aren't bare, but they've got they the don't weird have defi- nipples on them got though. The <laughs> defined chests. We cannot get into this alley. We cannot talk I know. about cats on this podcast. I know it's it's too there's. I'm just too ready to talk about cats all the time. I know. I know. Me too. Someone brought it up in class the other day and I couldn't. It's like. I can't contain myself. I screamed into a waiter's face about Idris Elba's missing nipples the other day and I felt really bad about it. But do you know that part in Mean Girls when Katie is talking about how she's just obsessed with Regina and she opens her mouth and all that can come out is word vomit about Regina George? Mm Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with, with cats. cats. Yes. Where like someone like someone in my class the other day brought it up and I was like. <laughs> so here's my thought 
about Idris Elba's missing no, nipples. No, no, Allie, we can't do this. We can't do this right now. I think they're under the hair. <laughs> I think you have to brush the fur aside to reach them. You want to know where I think they are? I think if you take off his shitty little hat, they're on his head. End of story. No. End of story. <laughs> no, you brush the hair aside. They're where no, they're supposed to be. They're not. It's a horror film. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's a celebration of life. How dare you? They choose who dies. Allie, we can't do this. It is spiritual. Allie, we cannot do this. It is spiritual. We have to stop. It is revelatory. We have, to stop. <laughs> we have got to stop. Anyway, the Beast of Ray like, Road. <laughs> Cats is a spiritual story. The Beast, of Bray Road. the Beast of Bray Road. Please tell me more Fuck. about Okay. <laughs> the Beast of Bray Road. Oh my god, okay. There's one more explanation Crying left, and then I get to talk about Lost Day. <laughs> the last thing that people think BB Sebastian could be is it's a in yourself a from Cats. No! <laughs> <Ellie>! <laughs> and we lost her with this. Yeah, this, is it. this is this is fucking out She's now done, so. oh my god okay okay one more one more explanation <laughs> is that it's a different cryptid that has been reported in the northwest territories of canada also in some areas of michigan and alaska it's called uh wahila i don't exactly know what that pronunciation is so i'm just giving it my best shot if you know how to pronounce it, please correct us. Yeah. <laughs> it might hurt my feelings. No, that's not true. Anyway, so cryptozoologist Ivan Sanderson has described that uh, Wahila might represent a population of prehistoric yet still living bear dogs or dire wolves. Oh. Yeah. So they might just be like a special kind of big, big dog. Puppy. Yeah. Big puppies. Puppy. Big wolf cryptid puppies who ideally are less than 700 pounds of pure muscle, but life Their nipples are visible. Life ain't perfect. No! <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. That's the whole point. They have a bare okay. chest. Their yeah. nipples are visible. Their nipples are visible, and for that, we are grateful. There actually are two more explanations. I'm sorry. Some people think it's a bear with mange. Okay, that's fair. And some people think it's a wendigo. Oh. Just to tie it all back. Full circle. Because it's the same general area as where we had a lot of our Wendigo friends last week. Okay. And so some people are like, I mean, he's not skinny. Not skinny. <laughs> he is. He's a thicky. He's a thicky. But maybe this is just the one thick Wendigo in existence. Mm. Anyway, I doubt that. I personally think that it's probably, maybe it's some kind of like different species of very big wolf. I don't want to convince myself that werewolves are real because otherwise I'll get way too excited <laughs> <laughs> and everything will go off the rails for me. Anyway, so the Beast of Bray Road has appeared in a number of pieces of media, including a B-movie called The Beast of Bray Road, which is just like classic horror that's loosely based on this 
thing and they do you know usual b movie werewolf shit that's fair there's also the bray road beast because they had to you know flip it around to be original and that's the one i was showing you the trailer of before all this that like might be a documentary and might not be a documentary there was some dubious cgi at the beginning or yeah of the trailer so i don't actually know what they were doing with that one but it's on amazon for 2.99 perfect Amazon Prime specifically. Also, it was on Monsters and Mysteries in America and Monster Quest. And the final piece of media that it was in that I have been fucking gunning to talk about since I watched it this morning is Lost Tapes. And I'm closing my computer for this. Tell me about Lost Tapes. So Lost Tapes, for those of you who don't have experience with Lost Tapes, is an Animal Planet original series that ran from 2008 to 2010 and does this absolutely bizarre format for a television show where they tell you a fic- like a fictional story about some kind of monster, but then they intersperse facts, quote unquote, sort of into the episode, and they interview experts, quote unquote, who like are usually just randos off the street from the look of these people. So they try to tell you, and it's all found footage, so it looks like a very bad version of the Blair Witch. (laughs) But this particular episode, Linda appears in it briefly, and I was like, oh, bitch, there she is. Hey, our girl. But so this episode of Lost Tapes, they had already done a werewolf episode, so they were like trying not to overlap their sources, which meant that there were about two minutes of information in it, and then it was just their sorry excuse for a story (laughs) which in this case was the plot of this and i am not making this up this is fully a thing that animal planet looked at and then gave a check mark to and they filmed (laughs) is that it's about a reporter and a cameraman who are going to film an anarchist militia that are living in a weird cabin together in the middle of the woods in wisconsin But this militia wants to take down the government. And recently, they have started to worry that the government is on to them because one of their fellow militia members was brutally murdered. And they think it was the government who did it. Despite the fact that when they show this guy's body, which is just sitting in the back of the cabin under a sheet, like it's not in a morgue, it's not in a cooler it's just on a table <laughs> like just like in riverdale chilling. yeah exactly. like how cheryl like digs up her dead brother two d- years later and puts him at the dinner table yeah no it's very same <laughs> tonally exactly the same as riverdale <laughs> lost tapes and riverdale are cut from the same cloth complementary in a way they are like fucking fish and white wine it's <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, stunningly similar. So, anyway, this militia is like, yeah, the government keeps killing them. And the reporter looks at this body and he's like, this looks like an animal attack, my dude. It's covered in big slices, like claws. And the main character, the leader of the militia, whose name is, I kid you not, Kavanaugh, (laughs) removes a big knife from his belt, stabs it into the table and goes, this thing's government issued. That's what they killed him with. As if members of the U.S. government showed up in the woods to kill a militia man with a knife. Death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, by Taylor Swift. By Taylor Swift. But full so, circle. Yeah, but so the rest. Go see of Cats the, in December. The, the, <laughs> the, the rest. Done. The rest of the episode concerns them thinking that the government is out to get them and then the militia members slowly get picked off one by one by the beast of bray road who in this case is a man in a gorilla suit basically 
but the whole time the main like Kavanaugh is convinced that it is the government so despite the fact that there are like ghostly whales like wolf howls and shit in the distance he's like it's the feds and he keeps (laughs) saying that he's like it's the feds the feds found us and I'm like who the what and he keeps threatening to shoot the reporter he's like you told the feds about us i'm like what are you doing out here cooking meth like why why do you think the government is gonna come get mad at you for living in a cabin with your four closest friends well you know yeah i mean (laughs) (laughs) i don't know anyway this was the wackest episode of lost tapes i've ever seen and i was cackling through the whole thing it's on youtube i would highly suggest watching it i will it's like season three episode nine or something like that i love that i might be making that up i'd have to double check it but anyway, i want to like like shotgun it like that riverdale that riverdale <laughs> you're just watching the same and episode melt, of lost tapes literally melt my brain like smoke a lot of weed oh, and yeah. just alternate lost tapes in riverdale until my brain becomes a puddle oh my god <laughs> wow that would be i don't know which one would be worse and honestly. then go see cats yeah i mean <laughs> <laughs> that's the mental state you need to enter into that movie with that's like a that feels like a trauma like you're doing a trauma to yourself <laughs> traumatization <Self-traumatization>. yeah. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's like it's like you've chosen to hit your head against a wall until it's bleeding and then go see cats but it's the emotional equivalent <laughs> of that uh, but anyway in conclusion that's my big beefy boy I love Sebastian. Him. I love the him. Beast of Bray Road. I love him. In closing, I love him. And also, I wish that I didn't know so much about Idris Elba's non-existent cat's nipples. They're just not there. Let me just pass this hot potato to you. <laughs> they're just not there. They're just not oh. there, and I don't know why they're not there. Oh my gosh, that truly did feel like running a marathon. You're right. So this I'm, week- I'm gonna lay down. Hold on. <laughs> okay. This week, I'm gonna tell you about jackalopes that's right it's critter week we're doing animals Woo! my sources this week include wikipedia as always an article in wired by matt simon called fantastically wrong the disturbing reality (laughs) that spawned the mythical jackalope an article by kathy weiser in legends of america and an article in All That's Interesting titled How the Jackalope Became One of America's Favorite Cryptids. God, I love All That's Interesting. They've really fucking got their stuff on law. They really do. Also, I like I'm doing this one early on in the podcast, which is kind of a bummer because I wanted to save it because it is like my favorite cryptid of all time. I oh, want really? to write novels about jackalopes. I think that they are such an interesting like thing. Nice. And I love like Wyoming folklore because my dad grew up in Wyoming for part of his life. And like well, and we used to like, spend every really summer there as kids. Core. It's really cowboy. This is a very cowboy legend. Mm. So the jackalope is a mythical animal of North American folklore a fearsome critter, which for the record, I considered doing fearsome critters as this week's thing just broadly. But then I was like, that knocks out so many. But there's a whole genre of cryptids and creatures known as fearsome critters that originated during the like American expansion West that comes sort of from the lack of knowledge that a lot of people had about what exists on this well, continent because at that point they could see anything and be like okay sure can you imagine seeing a moose for the first time and not knowing that moose existed and just being like sure any fucking thing can exist. 
So basically the fearsome critters are a whole like sub variety of cryptids that emerged out of this like sentiment of like, we don't fucking know what's out here. So we're going to make <laughs> shit up. So the jackalope is one of them. And so I was like, I'm going to do these one by one. Cause I think the fearsome critters in general are fucking great. Cause they like nice. combine that with like a little bit of what feels almost similar to like English and Irish fairy lore oh. because they have like weird quirks and stuff that remind me a little bit of like fairy lore. Cool. But that might just be my personal connecting of the dots. I mean, I like it. I'm into it. The jackalope is described as a jackrabbit with antelope horns, which is where it got its name. Love jackrabbit a, love and a antelope. Love a portmanteau. However, many jackalope taxidermy mounts, which are very popular, yeah. um, including the original, use deer antlers rather than antelope horns. Oh, those must have been really big horns. Well, that's not oh, true. Yeah. There are some littler deer horns. But like, also, you've seen them. First of all, a jackrabbit is a bigger th- rabbit than you're giving it credit for. That's a good point. And a deer antler is kind of smaller than like an elk antler or whatever. Yeah. Small aside, I had a whole conversation with Catherine today about what kind of antlers we would have if humans had antlers. And hold on. Let me get my phone. I'd have bighorn sheep. They're not antlers. They're horns. That's what but, she like, said, I would... too. She was also firmly on the like bighorn sheep train. Or or I could see myself as a pronghorn antelope, though. Yeah, I did. Here. Kudus are cool, too. Aren't they the ones with the, like, corkscrew yeah. ones? Yeah. Well, this is this is similar to that. It's the, it's called, the, like, the markhor. They've got the, yeah, they've got the corkscrew horns. That they're, like, a little bit thicker, but they look like you could put planter boxes in them and, like, oh. grow flowers in them. They're absolutely That's beautiful. That's really pretty. So, yeah, I was like, I would want those, and I would want to put, like, little plants in them. Oh, which I is, love that. Yeah. That was my, like, dumb little thing that I did instead of writing my finals paper today. <laughs> Well, that's not what jackalopes look like. (laughs) Next to Bigfoot, the jackalope is now perhaps the most iconic American creature of legend. Because it's just very well known. Sorry, Mothman, the jackalope outranks you. Aww. That feels really mean. I feel like Mothman's our friend at this point. No, I mean in terms of like famousness. Okay, that's fair. Fame level, the jackalope is better known. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like I knew what that was when I was a kid. But this is far from a mythical creature of American invention. The horned hare appears in an early 17th century work of natural history and another in the mid-1700s. Not to mention that a rabbit with a single unicorn-like horn showed up in a Persian geographic dictionary 500 years before that. Oh, no way. Americans, however, specifically in the Mountain West, where we're from. Ayo. Hello. Have given the jackalope a persona and really claimed it as our own. Nice. So the first quote-unquote confirmed jackalope specimen was secured by one Douglas Herrick, who in 1932 supposedly found a dead one in a shop in Douglas, Wyoming. However, it was actually just an ordinary dead rabbit next to some deer horns on the floor, and he made the decision to mount the rabbit with the horns on its head. What a legendary genius. (laughs) And thereafter, he made and sold many similar jackalopes to a retail outlet in South Dakota, and from there it really took off and people were making them everywhere. Another taxidermist took over and continues to manufacture the horned rabbits to this day. Stuffed and mounted jackalopes can be found in many bars and other places in the United States, specifically in the West, because it's become very much a symbol of like the Wild West, too. Because nobody fucking cares out there. (laughs) No one has ever given a shit. (laughs) Not out West. That's what half of our culture is built on. The jackalope has appeared in published stories, poems, TV shows, video games, and a low-budget mockumentary film that I would like to watch. Oh, delicious. 
But the belief that a jackalope-like creature existed even before Herrick's idea is common. The legend of the American jackalope begins in the 1800s in the wilds of Wyoming, when cowboys would supposedly sing to their cattle and on dark nights before thunderstorms would hear their tunes repeated back to them. Oh. The legend was that the jackalopes were singing back to them from the brush. Before that, there are references to horned rabbits in scientific texts from the 16th century, as well as medieval and Renaissance folklore stories in Europe, Asia, Central America, and Africa. So basically everywhere. Oh, they're kind of like mermaids in that sense, where like everybody's got their own version of it. Exactly. Folklorists see the jackalope as one of a group of fabled creatures, often known as fearsome critters, common to American culture since colonial days, that often arose out of the sense of mystery that early American colonizers felt about the continent. Where like, like you said, anything is possible. They looked at a moose and they were like, fuck, there could be anything out here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of other American animals that are as off the wall as a moose, but that was just the first thing that came to mind. That one is very balls to the walls insane though. I mean, imagine seeing a moose. They're so like, you've been chased by a moose, right? At least a little bit. At least a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we're from Utah. Everyone's been a little bit charged by a moose at some point out there. <laughs> it's just how it goes. Oh Even a God. raccoon. You know, that's that's a human man. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, beavers. Yeah. That shit don't exist elsewhere. Beavers are... Beavers. 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 <laughs> those beavers don't, don't be nowhere else except, except here. Except in here. Ugh. USA, baby. Truly the tagline of the show. (laughs) Stories or descriptions of horned rabbit hybrids have appeared in many cultures worldwide. In Central America, mythological references to horned rabbit creatures can be found in Huicol legends. I think that's how you pronounce that. You really went heavy on the (laughs) Huicol. I'm I'm trying. Um, It's spelled H-U-I-C-H-O-L. Huicol. Yeah, I believe it. Anyway, the oral tradition has passed down tales of a horned rabbit and a deer that got horns from the rabbit. The rabbit and deer were paired, though not combined as a hybrid, as day signs in the calendar of the Mesoamerican period of the Aztecs as twins, brothers, and even represent the sun and the moon. Interesting. Not a duality I've ever thought about. They were most, nowadays they're most commonly cited in the states of Wyoming, Colorado, Nebraska, and New Mexico. But the jackalope does appear to have a European cousin in Germany known as the Wolpertinger. Oh, fuck yeah. Which I also took a wild swing at that pronunciation. Well, I, I loved it. I hope you say it more. And in Sweden, a related species called the Skvader, which again, I'm really <laughs> swinging, probably missing. But you know what? You miss 100% of the balls you don't swing your bat at. That's the saying, right? Yeah, that's how baseball works. Yeah. Both of which have legends and sightings that date back to the medieval period, which are both similar. Natural history texts, such as the History Book of Natural Quadrangles by Johannes Jan Stonis in the 17th century. Got it in one. Yep. And illustrations such as those by Joris Hofnagel in the 16th century include the horned hare. I'm trying so hard with these names. No, you know what? You're you're killing it. Literally, I believe you. I believe you. Please. You sold it to me. Please text me or uh, send us an email if I'm wrong and like yell at me. Don't yell at her. She's trying. But also yell at me if I'm wrong so I can correct it. <laughs> we don't like being yelled at. Please gently tell us things. Otherwise, we'll cry. We're water signs. These early scientific texts, because this is right when science got invented as a thing. 
you know <laughs> yeah you remember the day science got invented and everybody was like well i guess i have to stop like blaming my shit on magic <laughs> But these early scientific texts described and illustrated rabbit-deer hybrids as though they were real creatures. But by the end of the 18th century, scientists generally rejected the idea of horned hares as a biological species. Researchers instead suggest that at least some of these tales of horned hares were inspired by sightings of rabbits infected with the Shope papillomavirus, which causes horn and antler-like tumors to grow in various places on a rabbit's head and body. Oh... A researcher named Richard Shope, which is where the name comes from, initially examined wild cottontail rabbits that had been shot by hunters in Iowa and later examined wild rabbits from Kansas. They had numerous horn-like protuberances on the skin and various parts of their body. The animals were referred to popularly as horned or warty rabbits. Legends about horned rabbits also occur in Asia and Africa as well as Europe. And researchers suspect that the changes induced by the virus might underlie at least some of these tales. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I guess. But anyway, back to the jackalope that has magical powers. There we go. The original jackalope taxidermy Herrick sold for $10 to a man named Roy Ball, the owner of the Labonte Hotel, which was a local hotel in Douglas, Wyoming. The bizarre taxidermied creature was so popular amongst the guests that it actually was stolen from the wall in 1977 because everyone was like, I want that fucking rabbit. (laughs) I love that shit. Which is also how I feel when I look at a jackalope. I'm like, yeah, boy. I was going to say, that's very like Western United States. My longest yeah, boy ever. (laughs) Yeah. That's like seeing one, one, count them one weird thing and everybody out West is like, money, I would like to buy this weird thing. Thank you very much. I love it. We're going to get into that too. Oh, yeah. That's Um, more of the like cowboy culture just popping right out. The jackalope quickly became a popular local attraction in Douglas and they built an eight foot tall statue of a jackalope in the center of their town. And the town hosts an annual jackalope days celebration. Days plural in early june like a whole oh, like, like a week festival. long festival oh my can we go i desperately want to we attend gotta this. go we've planned two vacations so far this episode yeah. <laughs> the jackalope is subject to many outlandish and largely tongue-in-cheek claims embedded in tall tales about its habits oh we haven't told any tall tales yet so well this is exciting this one is some tall tales attached to it Jackalopes are said to be dangerous, so hunters of jackalopes are advised to wear stovepipes on their legs to keep from getting gored. (laughs) Sometimes it is called the warrior rabbit because the creature can be very vicious and is unafraid to use its antlers in a fight. Horn leap. That's its warrior name. That sounds like a little too close to horny. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) You know the tone that we set. (laughs) fair that's i mean but it's not this one's not a thicky this is a bunny rabbit (laughs) i wore myself out being horny for pp sebastian (laughs) stores in douglas wyoming sell jackalope milk but the new york times (laughs) questions its authenticity on the grounds that milking a jackalope is known to be fraught with risk and you know for no other reason than that (laughs) to be fraught with risk as if everyone's mom pulls them aside when they're four years old and it's like honey don't try and milk a jackalope listen you don't put your hand on the stove when it's hot and you don't milk a jackalope i don't know what your parents were telling you when you were four but yeah i got that talk (laughs) you don't milk a jackalope it's dangerous i mean yeah it's basic camping safety if you're going out to the desert this feels like the sea bear episode of of spongebob oh (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Yeah, it's probably inspired by that. 
In several folklore accounts of the jackalope, the creature is said to be stronger and faster than its non-hybrid animal relative. So stronger than a deer and faster than a rabbit, which makes it almost impossible to catch. If you do manage to catch up with the speedy animal, you have to fend off being kicked, clawed, and gored with his antlers. <laughs> what a way to go. However, those who believe these creatures are hard to catch also know of a particularly alluring bait. Oh. If you're hunting for jackalopes, apparently jackalopes are big fans of whiskey. So if you set a trap with the liquor, they'll come running. Once intoxicated, the speedy creatures become slower and easier to hunt, catch, and milk. Same. Oh, no. No, 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 Jackalope milk. <laughs> and you're going to have to tell me if this is true for you as well. But, <laughs> but jackalope milk allegedly possesses medicinal and aphrodisiac qualities. Yes, that is true. It can be found, albeit very rarely, in a few scattered markets elsewhere in Wyoming, but usually you have to get it in this town of Douglas that sort of is the center place of all things jackalope. Anyway, the jackalope. <laughs> Another so another fun fact about the jackalope is that it can imitate the human voice. During... So we could invite one to be on the podcast. I am desperate to. Maybe we're both just jackalopes. Not to out us. Oh, Susie, what? I mean, have you ever seen us? Yeah, you've never in seen person? us. In person? Yeah, no, none of you. <laughs> no one. It's because our friends listen to this. None of them have ever seen none us. None of them have seen us. Don't don't know us. <laughs> we are we're unknowable. unknowable. Anyway, the jackalope can imitate the human voice, according to legend. During the days of the Old West, when cowboys gathered by campfires to sing at night, jackalopes could be heard mimicking their voices and singing along. Usually, they are a tenor. Fun fact, their voices, they usually sing at a tenor. I don't know the difference between voices. What's a tenor sound like? So, like, when it comes to, like, the pitch that you can sing at, basically, the highest is a soprano. Okay. The second highest is an alto. Is baritone low? Baritone's low. Tenor is in between baritone and alto, basically. Okay. So it's like, basically, it's like a man who sings like the men's high part is usually a tenor. Okay. I see. It's so like Rascal Flatts. <laughs> He's a tenor. <laughs> I would love to see a jackalope singing like, life is a highway. Well, they like cowboy songs, as we can see, so they would. So they would love that song. So for those who do believe in the realness of the jackalope, one explanation for their rarity comes from their limited mating window, because apparently they can only mate during lightning flashes. I hope they're quick. They are rabbits. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but yeah, so that's part of why people are like, oh, even though there's so many rabbits, there's very few jackalopes, and here's why. God had to nerf them before they became too powerful. <laughs> Clearly, they're already too powerful. The folklorist John A. Gutowski sees in the Douglas jackalope an example of the American tall tale publicized by a local community that seeks wider recognition. Similar to Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and our good pal Mothman. Basically, he thinks that through a combination of hoax, legend, and media activity, the town or another community draws attention to itself for social or economic reasons. So it was like you're saying, people pay for this shit. Yeah, no, I get it. A common adjunct to this activity includes the creation of an annual festival, which, again, Douglas did, Party as zone. did Point Pleasant, to perpetuate the town's association with the local legend. Gutowski finds evidence of what he calls the proto-festival culture 
throughout the United States is like really exemplary here. Cool. So basically, yeah, people are like, we got this animal. Maybe it exists. Maybe it doesn't. But people think it's cool. Listen, if we can find an excuse to like drink whiskey in groups, we'll do it. <laughs> I Honestly. Know, I know how Western people be. Another folklorist named Richard M. Dorson also cites the booster impulse mingled with entrepreneurial hoaxing as the way that Douglas. <laughs> That's what my major was in. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I think that basically means like entrepreneurial hoaxing is, is what he's saying. Like you make a hoax or sort of exaggerate or embellish a story for the sake of getting like tourism and making money. Oh, so that is literally what I majored in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but he's talking about that's what Douglas did with its jackalope. There's other towns that have done that with other local legends to rise above anonymity when they're like a small nothing town in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, why not? He traces the impulse and the methods to the promotional literature of colonial times that depicted North America as an earthly paradise. Much later in the 19th century, settlers transferred that optimistic vision to the American West, where it culminated in boosterism. Although other capitalist countries advertise their products, Dorson says the intensity of the American ethos in advertising, huckstering, attention-getting, media-manipulating to sell a product, a personality, or a town is beyond compare. So basically, he's like, Americans are dirty, dirty capitalists. They will do anything to make a buck, so they'll make up these animals to do that. And he's right. He's right, but I also find this to be a very cynical explanation for my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I like, feel it's like a in general, that's... a very cynical way to, to approach folklore making. Like, I'm, there's yeah. absolutely a valid point to that, where I do think that's what a lot of, like, hoaxing and so forth comes from. But I also think legend building and myth making are so much bigger than that. Right. And there's like cultural importance to being able to make this sort of wild thing that's your own beyond just making money off of it. And like a festival isn't just about the making money and bringing in tourism. It is about celebrating something that With is unique and cool. For days. Exactly. Which I love. It's like fucking our version of Coachella. Exactly. We love it. As for where the jackalope stands now, the Chamber of Commerce in Douglas currently issues official jackalope hunting licenses to tourists during jackalope season. Oh, my God. Which is the two hours between midnight and 2 a.m. on the non-existent day of June 31st. <laughs> that's so that's so delicious. An applicant for a jackalope hunting license needs to meet a couple requirements. They must have an IQ of higher than 50, but no more than 72. <laughs> Uh, and in it. 2005, the legislature of Wyoming considered a bill to make the jackalope the state's official mythological creature. Is that a thing? Do yep. other states have that? I don't know, but Wyoming really wants it because it passed in the House by a 45 to 12 margin. And I would like to know those 12 people who are like the real bummers who are like, no. Oh, screw because, them. Like, they fuck suck. you. But the session ended before the Senate could take up the bill, which died. In 2013, following the death of the bill's sponsor, Dave Edwards, the state legislature reintroduced it. It again passed the House, but died in the Rules Committee of the Senate, because the Senate has apparently bigger things to worry about. But, like, it's a huge bummer. Just pass the fucking bill. Have, just have just take a minute. Have some fun. I dare you. Right? Just have some fun. In 2015, three state representatives put forth the jackalope proposal again, this time as House Bill 66. And it again passed in the House, but died in a Senate committee. One of the co-sponsors, Dan Zwanitzer, said, I will keep bringing it back until it passes. And that's the only bitch in that house I respect. <laughs> Which is like, 
honestly, same. You are right to do it, Dan. So if you live in Wyoming, please pressure your lawmakers into making this thing yeah, official. I'm um, begging you. Yeah, please. Write. I love the jackalope more than my own self. I really want to get a jackalope tattoo. Like, I'm not kidding. Where would you put it? I don't know yet. That's why I haven't actually done it yet. But I do want to, like. Right on the butt. Left butt cheek. Left butt cheek right there because it's mythic. <laughs> Just like your left butt cheek. <laughs> Only my left butt cheek is good, though. The right one's like a little. Could are you somewhere. are you my friend with an uneven <laughs> butt? No, that's Have you I'm sorry, I shouldn't out her for this. I have a f- out her on the podcast. Okay, um we'll cut her name out, but I do have a friend who um if you look at her butt, one of her butt cheeks is substantially like more existent than the other one. She has one ass cheek that looks like an, a regular sort of like rounded butt, but cheek. And the other one is just pancake flat. And I had never noticed it until her sister pointed it out to me. And I was fucking dying. I was like, please stand up and Siblings let me. Siblings are the greatest thing ever. She's like, did you know that my sister has an uneven butt? And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I lost my mind. And now every, sometimes I'm just like, like, I don't want to look at my, you know, my friend's butts because that's like a little bit invasive. But occasionally I'll just like sneak a, sneak a peek. And it's, oh my God, it's so funny. Because <laughs> one cheek's a little concave. And it, I always it, here's the funny thing. Now I'm like she favors the other cheek when she's sitting. <laughs> I fucking notice it sometimes. I'm like she's on the fatter ass cheek. <laughs> now I'm like curious. Do you okay? Stand up. Wait, okay. My butt's even, right? Yeah. I turn turn a little more. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, I always thought that I had like a pretty no. Even, that's symmetrical that's an even butt. that's an even butt. I think you're good. Okay, cool. I think it is uncommon to have that difference it's not like it's not like tits so much where they tend to be different sizes i feel like butt cheeks tend to be a little more uniform unless you're like exercising and working one butt cheek more than the other which feels hard one bubble butt cheek (laughs) and one pancake ass yeah you've got one wendigo butt cheek and one mothman butt cheek you may have one (laughs) you may have one butt cheek that's really funny though yeah (laughs) <laughs> one a, more thing fun fact. one more thing to be paranoid about with my body cool <laughs> your butt's fine no i know but like i it, it never occurred to me that that could be a problem that that could be an issue it's not had. a problem let me just say that it's perfect i love her butt that's true it brings me All more butts joy than beautiful. most butts because of its uniqueness and i will say that i love that yeah I support all of my friends' butts, but I especially support her butt because it needs more support because one cheek doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry, jackalopes. That is uh, the end of my jackalope segment, in fact. Oh, rad. Okay. (laughs) So we ended on a great note there. Yeah. I bet jackalopes have flat asses because they are rabbits. I was going to say, they're mainly mainly rabbits. They also, (laughs) they got legs. Because they got to do hops. They got hops less than they They got. They got mad hops. They got eight foot vertical leap. Oh, my God. Yeah, directly (laughs) into the fucking sun. Well, because they don't need cake when they got leg like that. The (laughs) the only cryptid with that. I mean, Beefy Sebastian's got that, but not everybody can. Not Um, everyone can be a Beefy Sebastian or a Mothman. Well, and Mothman, I feel like, has a little bit more in the cake department, but Beefy Sebastian's got the thighs. Can we name this episode Beefy Sebastian? I will be so enraged if you don't (laughs) or you could do like 1000 candles in the wind (laughs) oh anyway thank you all for joining us on this absolutely bonkers bananas episode that we've just pulled out of a dark hole (laughs) in the universe before we sign off please don't forget to 
rate, review, and subscribe if you liked us and share us on social media if you liked us. If you hated us, please don't do those things. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be really sad. But if you liked us, go ahead. Also, if you have any fun cryptid stories, feel free to email us at wethotamericanlegends, all one word, at gmail.com or tweet us at wet hot legends on twitter and we will respond to you and we are so excited to hear from you we had one person tweet at us this past week about liking our podcast and like it sent me over the moon i was so excited that someone had listened and liked it enough to tweet about it yeah absolutely like just hearing from people is listen we crave validation we're human or we're this is why we're putting stuff on the internet as we crave validation like that's the point please validate us (laughs) please please validate us and on that note we thank will, you for listening. Yeah, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Or, or two weeks two from weeks now. Two weeks from now. Yeah, sorry. I'm an idiot. I got too consumed thinking about uneven butts. I wonder if any of the cats from Cats have uneven Stop butts. Stop it! <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>